What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Episode four. I just can't believe that we are already on episode four of The Teachers Deserve It. It's a podcast. It's a video. It's a conversation. It's kind of everything wrapped up into one. My name is Adam. Welcome. Hey, everyone. It's Ray Hewart, and I'm stoked about this episode as well because we have a pretty interesting educator with us today. Wouldn't you say that, Adam? I would, that's a great word to describe our guest. I would say interesting. I would say eclectic. Um, Ooh, eclectic, yes. Yeah, in like a really kind of renaissance way. And I think we'll get into that as the conversation goes. Uh, Fletcher Nelson, what's up? The Fletcher Nelson in the calendar invite. I don't know if you saw, I put the in capitals, the Fletcher Nelson. Dude. I just assume you do that to everyone. No, I don't. Introduce yourself, <laughs> man. Well. I'm Fletcher Nelson. Uh, interesting, we'll go with the second word you said. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to take it as a compliment. <laughs> so, eclectic? Well, eclectic? A good start. Oh my yeah, gosh, like, I love it. Mean? You're like, but, eclectic. Eclectic is like, yeah, you just have like a lot of different interests and a lot of different things okay. coming together. It's All not right. just you're like one way, you're eclectic. Yeah. Look at that. You learn something new every day, adding it to my yeah. vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm a third grade teacher in Minnesota and excited to be joining you guys today. Thanks for having me. Well, dude, I was so excited to connect with you specifically, especially with this uh, Teachers Deserve It podcast, because I loved that you were able to share your story in Teachers Deserve It. I mean, like, that was kind of my first introduction to you as an educator and then learning that you're in an elementary setting. And I'm just so excited to dive in to all that stuff. I'm going to kick us off, Adam. I'm, I have to know, you are a elementary educator. And how are you guys going back this fall? Like, what's your plan? Where are you at mentally? I'm kind of asking selfishly because I'm in the midst of this, of all these answers as well. So what's the deal with your classroom? We actually find out officially tomorrow, but from what I've heard, elementary is going to be in person. Students will be required to wear masks. We'll have to wear masks, um, trying to socially distance when possible. I like, there's all like those what unknowns. Like, I don't know what lunch is going to look like. Like I'm in my classroom right now. Um, when I came in, like we have arrows, there's tape on the hallway floor. Like, it's going to be interesting, but I live in like a pretty rural area. So we haven't like, it hasn't been too crazy here. Like a lot of cases. So I feel comfortable going back, but like, if I was in like the twin cities, like no way would I want to put myself at risk, my students or their families. But here I think we'll be able to kind of handle it in person. And I think our middle school and high school, they're, they're going to start hybrid, but um, for our elementary settings, I think they're going to go um, full in person. That's great. Well, I'm excited for you to get those details. I think that it's really wonderful to hear that you're feeling comfortable with what you think is the potential plan because a lot of these decisions not only affect our students and our families, but also our teachers. And so I'm glad that you feel confident with what's, you know, come down the pipeline and then able to serve your students once you get some answers. Yeah. And like, I mean, we've, I feel like our administration's done a good job, like including teachers, like surveys and meetings and stuff. So like, and families obviously have the option to opt out. Like if they want to keep their, um, their child at home, they can. So did you lose your volume again? So Fletcher, you and I have um, actually something in common that you might not know. I, like you, was a third grade teacher. And I know when I was in the classroom as a third grade teacher, I was always the boy teacher. And I was always, oh my gosh. And 
that was awesome. I also always got those kids, like those boys that needed a little bit extra. So I'm just curious, man, how is it being a, a male teacher in elementary? Uh, are you loaded up with like certain kinds of kids? Like, how are your colleagues? I think it, I think we need more males in elementary. So like, what, how's that experience for you? Um, I think I'm like, our school is unique. Like I feel like most elementaries have like none or like one male teacher. Um, we have five classroom male teachers. So wow. in third grade, there's two of us and it is the first year that they can get a male teacher. So I feel bad for our um, female colleagues because they, all the kids like want us just to have a boy teacher, you know, <laughs> so it like makes us feel good, but it's like, oh man, I kind of feel bad because all the kids are all they walk by in the hallway like, I want you next year. Or I want you or Mr. Whiting. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is Sunram and Mrs. Wood are really awesome. They're probably better. So we should love them. <laughs> but it's just, so they, they're definitely excited to like have that opportunity. Um, as far as like the types of kids and stuff, I, I mean, I think they like kind of look at our teaching styles and I don't like being bored. And I feel like I, try to like move around and stuff. So I think maybe sometimes I get some kids who don't, or like, you know, need more breaks or movements. Like I have the flexible seating, but overall, I think they kind of try to like spread them out pretty equally. So I wouldn't say I get loaded with any certain type, but nice. they're definitely, yeah, they're, they're excited for like that guy teacher. It's so funny. So I've been following happens. you on social for um, a while, especially once you like submitted uh, your awesome story in TDI, which I know we'll get to in a bit. Do you have like one passion you feel like that you really feel like you bring into the classroom every single time that as you're working with students, you're like, yes, I love all the things in the classroom, but this is something I'm really passionate about. I don't know. I feel like it kind of like changes. And I think, like, I don't know, I don't, wouldn't say there's one specific thing. Um, something I think that kind of stands out a lot is just like reading in general. Like I hated reading growing up. So I've kind of had a focus of, okay, I want them to enjoy it, or at least I don't want them to hate it. I want, I don't want to be the reason they hate it. Like, I don't want to force them to read stuff. But then when I think about that, it kind of comes down to like student choice. So like, I want them to be able to choose what they read. And I guess kind of with flexible seating, I kind of want them to be able to work where they're comfortable. So maybe I just said, I didn't have an answer, but I decided I do. I think it's student <laughs> choice. There we go. We're going to go with that. So that's funny because Ray and I both were reluctant readers and kind of reluctant students. And uh, I know it took my third grade teacher to really help me find reading. And he introduced Roald Dahl to me. And I've just been a, been a voracious reader ever since. Do you feel, obviously, like student relationships and the flexible seating piece is so important. Do you have like a way that you help a child find a certain book or a certain genre? Like, I know there's not a formula, because um, if there mm -hmm. was, then everybody would know it, but what is, what's kind of your flow for that, other than the flexible seating and building relationships to get to know kids? Yep, um, I just think it comes down to like, what interests them. Um, I don't want to put limitations on, like for reading, for example, like I don't want to say, hey, you have to read at this certain level, because I think there's a time and a place for that. Like if I'm going to be doing guided reading groups, like yeah, they're going to be reading at like their, instructional level or pushing them a little bit but if they're on their own I don't care if they're reading a book that's too easy for them if they enjoy it that's the purpose of reading we don't only read books at our level I don't know what the reading level of your guys's book is like I read it enjoyed it I'm not going to take an AR test on it so I just I don't get why like sometimes we put such a focus on you have to read at this level and like you're I don't know you're just taking away options and you're limiting them and then it turns into like a negative thing because they can't do something they want or you're telling them they can't read a book because it's 
too easy or too hard or whatever else. So I think that's just kind of like, I want them to realize if you think you're going to like this, you're going to read it. Then that's, that's kind of, I don't know, try to get them to go that way instead of fo focusing on, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and voice and choice in the classroom is huge. I mean, whether you're listening right now and you are going back like Fletcher in the classroom with all your students coming back wearing masks or you're in a situation where you're in a hybrid or remote, I mean, you, you still need to provide all the supports that we know is good for students. And one of the elements that you keep going back to is them being able to advocate for what they want and, and make some of those choices. And I really love that. I teach uh, older students, I teach sixth graders, and we have this like joke in our classroom that you're an adult until proven otherwise, right? Like you're capable of making decisions and, and doing things that you know serve you better. Uh, and so I love that you're giving your students the ability to, to share that and then also kind of live and eat and breathe it as they experience your classroom. I'm sure not only in reading and all the other subject areas as well. Yeah, and I feel like too, when you do that, like they're practicing making choices on their own. If we always tell them what to do, like, and then when they're off on their own, we're confused on why they can't make these choices. And you know, if they can't handle it, like obviously there's times when you need to step in, but it's not like I just let them do whatever they want all the time, but it's like, I, if they can make these choices and handle it, then, then they should be. Well, and that's really interesting, Fletcher. I like your point that like giving students voice and allowing them to advocate and make choices doesn't mean that like you as the teacher now have zero control. Like that is not at all how that works. There's still a lot of avenues where the teacher is able to facilitate and be, you know, a leader in the classroom. But really it's that choice that you can have other facilitators and other leaders in the classroom as well. And as a teacher, finding that balance while tricky, also very practical and important for our classrooms. And I have to just think of it like as a teacher, I don't want to be micromanaged by my admin, but I know there's things that I have to do. And I just kind of think that's how it should be for our students too. We, we want to have freedom with what we do in our classrooms. So I think our students should have some freedom in that as well. So. 100%. So I have a question, uh, you know, anybody that follows you on social media and especially Instagram, third grade swag, I love all that you do with your classroom and your kids. And I love seeing your golden retriever Reggie and your pontoon boat. I told you I'm going to come up to Northern Minnesota in the summertime and, uh, and hang out with you on the boat. But somebody, uh, other people, um, other than that, I'm not going to call them political issues. I would say more like social issues. You are very vocal. And I remember when George Floyd got murdered, um, which seems like a long time ago now with COVID and everything else happening in our world. Mm -hmm. I remember I was so, I just had this feeling of like, yes, like right on. And like, you are vocal Fletcher. And I just love that you express those feelings and, and those social issues. Where did that come from? And where does that come from? Um, I mean, can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, if like, and if you were to scroll back, you would see like, I wasn't always as vocal. And mm -hmm. that's one thing too, like, if you're listening right now, and you're like, I just don't know how to speak out. That's how I was, because I felt like I wasn't educated enough. So I kind of stayed quiet. And then it took my friend, Olivia, Miss Bertles, um, just she was always just speaking out. And I would like learn so much from her and just kind of realize, okay, like, I can take the time to do some research. Also, like you said, it's not political, it's social, like social justice, like it's you don't need to research to realize that, you know, uh, that, you know, Black Lives Matter and that George Floyd was murdered. That, that doesn't take any research. That's just, you know, common sense. So for me, it's like, okay, I live in Minnesota. There's not a lot of diversity in my area. I see what people are posting. I hear what people are saying at the grocery store. And I was just like, 
just got like annoyed. I'm like, how, how can people still think like this in the year of 2020? Like you're being racist. And um, so I just kind of finally just had to find my words. And actually I started by just talking with my family specifically because they, like, again, like they live in a small town, like 3000 people and they were being very innocent, but it was like the, I don't see color statements. And I was like, guys, like then that's saying you don't see them. Like you're saying you just see them as like you see yourself, which is you're saying that, and you know, just trying to go through and explain that to them, that that's not a good statement to say. And then after having that conversation with them, it just made it easier for me to be comfortable sharing it with my followers on Instagram and just making sure that I wasn't remaining silent because being silent wasn't helping anything. So I don't know, just by listening to others too, like following, finding other, you know, black educators to follow and hearing their stories and then just kind of taking that in and reflecting and thinking about how I can um, change and hopefully, hopefully uh, get someone to listen. Well, from one of your followers, I appreciate it. And I thank you. Well, thank and it you. is, it is noticed. And Fletcher, I have learned uh, from you and um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, thanks for using your voice. Cause I don't think enough of us use our voices. And again, anyone listening, like it's never too late. I mean, no better, do better. And that's, that's what we all need to do. So I want to read uh, briefly part of your submission to Teachers Deserve It. Fletcher Nelson, third grade teacher in Minnesota. I'm not one of those people who always knew they wanted to be a teacher. I actually never considered it until my senior year of high school. My guidance counselor suggested I go help in a fourth grade classroom during an open hour I had in my schedule. Every day when I arrived, the kids were always so excited to see me, regardless of how the rest of my day was. That hour of the day always put me in a good mood, and that's when I decided I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, can you, I mean, expand on that or just that, that still, I mean, we gave you a pretty open-ended assignment. Fletcher, we want to, we want to uh, focus you on the book. Like, what is your why? And you chose that back, you know, however many years ago. Yep. Um, yeah. So it kind of started, like I said, like senior year, I guess growing up, I was like, you know, like MBA. And then, you know, you kind of realize, okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Um, then it kind of moved into like anesthesiologists because I was like, they make a lot of money. And then it kind of got to the point where like, this is going to sound bad, especially with how this started when I didn't know that word you said. And I'm like, oh, I can't even spell anesthesiologist. Like maybe I should, you know, am I going to be able to go through all the schooling and stuff? Like maybe not. And I was going to just kind of go for like business or accounting like my dad. And um, then my senior year, I was trying to take two study halls and my guidance counselor was like, you don't need two study halls. Like you don't. So she's, that's when she's kind of, I made it sound a little bit better in the book. I said an open hour, but she's like, why don't you, instead of taking two study halls, go over, help out in the elementary school in one of the classrooms and do that as like an elective instead. And it was just awesome. Like every day they were just so excited and like, I'm not a morning person. And I was over there like second hour, I think, and just put me in a good mood. Like I went from algebra, which was like, you know, fine and, but not super exciting way to start your day. And then I would go over there and come back and just, I don't know, just kind of be like energized and no two days were the same they were just funny and yeah so that's when i was like i i maybe i should do this for for my job that's what i should be i'm gonna make you, you know, a shirt that says i'm eclectic <laughs> do it please <laughs> every day i do think it's worth going on record i don't know that i can spell anesthesiologist either just to confirm <laughs> That's a tricky word. I'm not sure that eclectic is really on the same level as anesthesiologist, but I'm with you. That's all right, Fletcher. Perfect. 
You know, um, you know, we've been closing out our Teachers Deserve It podcast episodes, which is kind of like a soapbox moment. And really, we did this for the intention of saying, hey, like, teachers deserve to be heard. We all have voices. We need to start sharing our voice more. So if you could stand on the soapbox in the middle of the all, you know, this large crowd, right, all of our listeners, everything else, what would be your call to action to educators right now? And I know specifically in this episode, you've already talked about Black Lives Matter, share your voice. You know, I want students to have choice in the classroom, all these different things. But if you had a call to action for every educator listening right now to, um, you know, take a step in the right direction of getting teachers what they deserve, what would you have your soapbox moment be? I don't, that's like, I mean, there's a lot just going through my mind just with, I don't know, everything. If any teacher who has been on social media during all these school decisions, like we went from like teachers, we appreciate you in the spring to now it's like, just get back. You're, you're going, we need you. I'm sick of my kids. I need them in school. And so just going from that, I think that teachers a lot of time are expected to just like, oh, you chose to be a teacher. You need to just do it under any circumstances. Um, whether you have the supplies or not, you can buy, you can go get them yourselves. That's just kind of what we've always done and have been kind of told to do. And so I would say like, you can realize that the system is not working and you can still care about your students, but you don't need to be okay with how things are. And uh, I want to say, is it teach Mr. Reed on Instagram? He's been sharing a lot just about how becoming more aware of the problems and trying to make changes doesn't make you a negative person. It doesn't mean that you hate teaching. I can realize that things aren't great for our education system, but still strive to be a great teacher. And I can wanna do whatever, like the best for my kids and want them to have the best education possible, but realize that the system isn't working. So you don't need to just act like everything's all perfect and butterflies and rainbows and, and just accept that this is how it's always gonna be you can strive for change and realize it might not happen overnight, but still do your job and make a positive impact on your students. So I just- My favorite soapbox moment, Adam. I like that one so far. That, that is like mic drop. That's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Oh, if you don't like it, you shouldn't be a teacher. It's like, that's not the point. Just because I don't like how the system's set up doesn't mean I shouldn't teach. Like that's you not see. it at all. So that's, I, I would say that's what I just, I think more people need to get that mentality and not just accept things for how they've always been. Cause changing nothing is not going to change or by doing nothing is going to change nothing. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I think that's awesome. Fletcher, we're so appreciative that you took the time to come on the TDI podcast. Like obviously there's a ton of different things that you're involved in. You're always supporting educators. Before we conclude our episode, would you mind kind of sharing how people can stay connected to you? Oh, for sure. I mean, the area most um, active on is going to be Instagram. So it's underscore third grade swag. I do have Twitter as well, but I'm I need to get better like you guys and <laughs> more frequently. But that I think I'm just Fletcher Nelson on there. So those are like the two social media platforms. I've started a very awkward YouTube channel. So if you want to watch mm. awkward videos on somebody who doesn't know what's really going on and know what they're doing, you can uh, that's just third grade swag as well. So nice. yeah. I think uh, starting an awkward YouTube channel is a great mission. That, that should be something that, you know, every teacher takes on right now. How many awkward YouTube channels can we create? Exactly. Let's just get them all out there. Are the videos of you, of your teaching, of you, like, at, on the boat, what, what are they of? 
Uh, so the first, like I kind of did like me setting up, I moved into a new classroom this year. So it's kind of like, like the vlog setup process. Mm -hmm. um, then I did one with advice for student teachers, um, just because that's, like, that's a question I always get in like my mm -hmm. um, inbox on Instagram. So I just thought, well, maybe it'll be easier just to make an advice video. And then, yeah, I'm a Manny in the summer. So we did one where it was like, a, hey, what's, what's it like being a Manny during, in Minnesota? And kids' permission, their mom, parents were okay with them, us doing it. So it's not like I just did that for people who might comment that because, yeah. But anyways, so those are what I have so far. There's not a lot, but we're getting started. Well, I like this. You know, Adam's been dishing out challenges to people in the podcast. My challenge to you is to get more active on Twitter because there's amazing educators that can benefit from your incredible insight. And then you can help Adam and I. We need to be better on Instagram. So oh, we'll yeah. like share our, our insights and um, try and just make sure we're all connecting with as many educators as possible and continue to amplify stories and continue to learn from each other. Cause that's the whole point of being connected on social media is learning from other people. So yes, I love I that. Connect, connect with educators and don't start Facebook fights. Yes. Use social media for good. <laughs> uh, and I think next summer, I think we should all come to Minnesota and do pontoon PD. Dude, how is that? Pontoon PD. Let's just rent. I mean, you have a pontoon boat. We can rent pontoon boats. We can like tie them all together, like Lake Havasu at spring break, and just do pontoon PD. Okay, I, I actually mean, honestly, no, like, Fletcher. I'm serious about this. I am too. I think I posted. I had a story a couple months ago. I was like, okay, next summer this is all done. Like anybody in this area, would you get like let's do a teacher meetup? But it's like a beginning of summer party. Like I have like a lot of yes. land. BYOT. Bring your own tent. Um, I have <laughs> a lot of land. I love that. <laughs> And as long as you're okay with uh, dog hair, we're, we're good. I was going to say, wait, so on this teacher meetup, like I know you are like a big dog lover. I have two dogs at home. Can I bring my dog? Oh, like, yeah. Can we just do this yep, whole thing? They're going to swim and jump off the dock all day and yes. let's do it. Pontoon PD. I'm in. It's a new thing. We just invented it. Well, thanks again, Fletcher. You're awesome. Keep crushing it for kids and for your colleagues and for everybody else, man. You are a, you are a gift to the education world and just the world in general, man. I, I say that with, with all the love in my heart, bro. So it's a, it's a pleasure to know you. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me, guys. It was great to kind of meet you virtually and be on your show. Well, thanks again. Yep.